Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood, this is SoFloRadio.com. I like your show. I like how you call homosexuality an abomination. I don't say homosexuality is an abomination, Mr. President. The Bible does. Yes, it does. Leviticus. 18.22. Chapter and verse. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions while I had you here. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery, as sanctioned in Exodus 21.7. She's a Georgetown sophomore, speaks fluent Italian, always cleared the table when it was her turn. What would a good price for her be? While thinking about that, can I ask another? My chief of staff, Leo McGarry, insists on working on the Sabbath. Exodus 35.2 clearly says he should be put to death. Am I morally obligated to kill him myself, or is it okay to call the police? Here's one that's really important, because we've got a lot of sports fans in this town. Touching the skin of a dead pig makes one unclean. Leviticus 11.7. If they promise to wear gloves, can the Washington Redskins still play football? Can Notre Dame? Can West Point? Does the whole town really have to be together to stone my brother John for planting different crops side by side? Can I burn my mother in a small family gathering for wearing garments made from two different threads? Think about those questions, would you? Good afternoon, everybody. I am Tony King. Welcome to the Groovaton. It's rainy outside. Of course, I am joined live in studio by the man to make sure that our groove is at the suit smooth Gramps master flash high and dry high and dry baby it is you know it's funny i left and i left pompano beautiful beautiful weather yeah it was beautiful just up until the parking garage <laughs> I that was the timing they saw me the clouds were like okay he's clear open up <laughs> yeah basically yeah because when i got in here i just want to look outside yeah. the heavens opened up of course, every group time centers around an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in and downloading here in America and around the world, y'all. You have a good, uh, I was just talking about, you had a good time. Yeah, right? it was yeah. perfect. I went skating, and then the older daughter came by with the uh, the grandchild. We watched, uh, you know, the second to the last uh, episode of Game of Thrones. It was very satisfying. Battle of the Bastards. I saw the, other people The five-month-old baby really loves the Game of Thrones because I love, the, you know, have the big HD TV and, and there's lots of flashy colors. <laughs> Shiny armor, the blood splattering everywhere. I Poppy! I, I Poppy! I was going to go looking for that song. You know, and I thought, eh, forget it. I'm not bother. Totally different branch of my family. <laughs> the I Poppy. The, the I Poppy. The I Poppy part of the family. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you had a good yeah, fun. It was today, great. Man. Yes, wonderful. That's nice. You know, today's first day of summer. Tomorrow is uh, summer solstice. Yeah, everybody's talking about, you know, there's this moon and that moon and blah, blah, blah. I got pictures of the moon from when I was out in Hawaii that are mind-boggling because it's, you know, it's so perfectly clear. My friend Ted's birthday is tomorrow. That's how I remember it. Summer solstice. So happy birthday, Ted Parat. There you go, pal. Hey, lots of stuff to get to today. You know, we'll get around to the whole whatchamacallit thing. Yeah, the, the Orlando thing later on. Because as I said to you when I walked in, I don't know what I can say anymore that hasn't already been said. So what I've chosen to do is really focus on all the stuff that happened when we were looking the other way. And there was a lot of it, okay? Including the richest guy in the world's Indica investment. The governor of Kentucky tries to fry higher education. Uh, yep. 
in about a month. It's uh, it's almost time for the GOP's big party, and I have a feeling they're going to cry <laughs> whether they want to or not. <laughs> also, uh, what happens when you defend a childhood friend who also happens to be a convicted rapist? <laughs> and I found the perfect example of how the right-wing media machine gets real stupid people real scared and real angry. Believe me! Because I've got a whole bunch of unnamed source to back me up on this one. Plus, in another of our series of colonoscopy comedy bits, I got that care of Jeff Foxworthy and a few words from the church of Steve Martin, of course. All of that is going to be very neatly ensconced in two hours. The finest, most diverse group anywhere on the air. Just past 2 o'clock in the only Hollywood that matters anymore. That's right. It's Hollywood, Florida, which means just past 8 o'clock in the morning in the Cairo District on the Big Island. Aloha, brah. means just past 7 o'clock at night. Western Europe. Shout out. Lytham, St. Anne's, and Lytham, Portugal. You about ready to kick this puppy off? I'm ready. Saddle up and stick around. King's X gets us started on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
have to have medical tests done to you that you've never had to have before in your life. And a few months back, my cute little wife scheduled me my very first colonoscopy. Well, there are three steps to a colonoscopy. The first step is the pre-surgery consultation, which you do a couple of weeks before the actual procedure. And let me say this, please pay attention during the consultation. And I say that not because I did, but because I didn't. Now, step two is the day before preparation because they want you to be totally cleaned out before they put this camera through you. Well, my wife bought everything I needed for the preparation. She left it on the kitchen counter, but she wasn't home that day, so she keeps texting me. Now, remember, at 3 o'clock, you're supposed to start your preparation. Well, the first step of the preparation was you were supposed to mix 64 ounces of Gatorade with 10 large packets of Miralax. Now, the back of one packet of Miralax says, may cause loose and watery stools. Ten large packets of Miralax is guaranteed to clean out the Alaska pipeline. Now, if I had paid attention during the consultation, I would have remembered that you were supposed to spread the 64 ounces out over three and a half hours. Didn't remember that part. So I mix it all together and I chug the entire thing in just under eight minutes. And I know because I time myself. Now the only thing left on the counter is a bottle of something called magnesium citrate. Two drops of this stuff will pull the Eiffel Tower out of the earth. And I remember the doctor saying everybody had to drink at least half a bottle, but some people might have to drink the whole bottle. And I thought, well, I don't want to have to come back again later and do this. So I pop the top, I hold my nose, and I down the whole thing. Now I have finished a procedure that is supposed to take four and a half hours in just under ten minutes. And not long after that, my stomach started making some noises. It sounded kind of like the fireplace in the Amityville Horror. At which point my underwear tapped me on the shoulder and said, run. The first volley took my feet off the ground. I was physically afraid. And I watched a lot of rodeo. The only thing I could think to do was put a glove on my left hand, get some rope, tie myself to the toilet seat, and hold on. I passed everything I have eaten in my entire life. I passed things I had only thought about eating. I passed things my neighbors had eaten. I passed a red bicycle we keep in the garage. How did I do that? And one hour later, what was coming out of me was so pure, it could be legally declared mountain spring water. And I was ready for my test. Well, the next morning I get up and I go to the hospital, and this was the part that I was dreading the most, the actual procedure itself. It ended up being the easiest part of the whole three steps. Thanks to a little IV they give you with something called Demerol in it. 
Buddy, they put that needle in my arm. My last conscious thought was, I bet my doctor has a camera on her cell phone and I'm going to be on TMZ tonight. And I was out. And when I woke up, she was standing there. She said, it's all over. Everything was great. You don't have to do this again for five years. And I was like, well, I didn't even know you did it. And had that little gown on and I sat up on the bed and I see my blue jeans and my shirt folded there. Well, I reach over and I grab my shirt and I start to unbutton it. And I hear a woman say, what are you doing? And I turn around. There's a nurse in the corner that I hadn't noticed. I said, well, I guess I'm going home. She said, guess again. I said, what's the problem? She said, well, in order to get the camera through you, they have to inflate your intestines with air, and you can't go home until you give the air back. I said, okay, I will. And she said, well, I have to verify that you do. At which point I noticed she is holding a pen and a clipboard. And I remember career day in high school. Nobody told us you could get paid good money for rating farts on a clipboard. Because I have friends that do that all the time for free. But here's the problem. She wants me to do this. I need to do this. But I was raised in the South and my mother taught me never to do that in front of a woman, especially a woman you didn't know. And so now even though I really have to, I can't. I lock up and she's getting frustrated because she's got stuff to do. And finally she said, come here, get back in the bed, get on all fours and drop your shoulders to the mattress. (laughs) Feeling pretty much like a big star right about now. But as soon as I hit that position, I can tell it is going to work. And I thought, well, if I'm going to embarrass myself... Why not do like I did in the preparation and just get it all over with at one time? So I thought back to my wife's Lamaze classes and I did that breathing. And I did the big push just like they taught her. And what came out of me was so loud and so long, Fred Flintstone clocked out from work. And I said, can I go home now? She said, please do. A silent rapper come in And who the fuck are you? Around this part of town with diamonds and your girl and fuck I'm trying to enter in this rap contest you're having, sir You're trying to lay flat tire Well, let's do a cut Well, alright, pay me now and you'll be after her I hope I don't mess up or run out of breath or even Rick, don't worry, hun, you hit them harder than a fucking brick Well, what do you think, Van? Please, no one can serve us Wish me luck, dear, I'm scared and I'm nervous So who stands, who falls, who crowds the halls This one, the DJ falls Lick the balls Lick the balls Every time I write dope raps, they come picking it. Now you know the title of this. So start licking it. Rick's kicking it. Hey, bitch, there is a brick in it. 
So when you think you're prepared, I keep sticking it. Now here they come with the spike, the fight, take it light. Now who the one you're trying to be like with all your might? And anyone attempting to remove me out the race? Let's give me space before I be right in they fucking face. Or is that thought? Go play that role around your local hoods. Don't worry about a thing, cause Ricky Rick is bringing home the goods. Who stands, who falls, who crowds the halls? This one the DJ calls. Lick the balls. Out your mouth, sound like it's out of spite. I'm back on a mission, and this time I'm gonna anchor right. That's right, as help, he's improving it. Great gosh, Rick, we love the way you're moving it. Who's sitting rough in 88? I bet your mama knows. Back slap, you're all down like our dominoes. Stun them all, come on, y'all, give me your taste of life. Act tripe, I let my dog go fuck your wife. So be my friend, and don't pretend you will not be forgiven. I'm cleaning house up to the mass, how we hope for live. So who will stand? Who's balls? Who crowds the halls? This one the DJ calls. Lick the balls. You cannot ride a rap that will erase a king The girls who worship are some champs and wanna see me slam Shit, all motherfuckers and I tell them who the fuck I am My name is Rick, then now you know who's ruling it Pump the world and the DJ puts the fuel in it Come ride the dick, you know, you wanna know what is the word? Who write the baddest raps you and your boys have ever heard? I eat you up and give your girl a bowl of puppy chow You understand, alright, hello, I'm trying to tell you now Who stands, who falls, who crowds the halls? This one the DJ calls Lick the
you got from the Bayonets. That is from their only release, actually. Uh, came out in 2014, Crash, Boom, Bang. Uh, Brian Ray and Ollie Lieber, whom I knew when we were kids. We were all in Shelley's All-Stars together. He, of course, is the son of the Lieber part of Lieber and Stoller, who wrote the soundtrack to, I don't know, an entire fucking generation of people. Yeah, great songs, man. I was going through some of the songs those guys wrote. I, you know, it's forget forget the Presley shit. Okay, well, okay, you can't forget the Presley shit. Hound Dog, Jailhouse Rock, they wrote all that stuff. For that slick Rick on your request line, baby, Rick the Ruler. That is Lick the Balls from the Great Adventures of Slick Rick. That's his first CD um, that uh, came out in '88. He has the distinction, I believe, of being the single most sampled. Hip hop artist of all time, like James Brown and Paul and the and Average White Band and Led Zeppelin. Okay, those are the, the the most sampled bands. But of sampled hip hop artists, Rick Slick Rick, that man right there. I played stuff by him before. He does uh, great stuff with Dougie Fresh and the entire Get Fresh crew and shit. I love that stuff. I, I eat that stuff up on the uh, original Fantasy label, I believe. Uh, before that, yep, another. In the ongoing Groovathon series of colonoscopy comedy, the first first one, of course, by uh, the all-time funniest one. It, it can't be topped by, um, now I can't remember the guy's name for some reason. It's escaping me. Um, I'll think of it at some point. But that was Jeff Foxworthy doing a thing. He Dennis did. Wolfberg? Dennis Wolfberg, thank you very much. I played a couple of things. I played a bunch of stuff by him before that. Book on Funk Essentials, You Don't Know Nothing. That is from In the Buzz Bag which is a fantastic album that they have out uh, from the late 90s. And kicking it off, Ty Tabor King's X Groove Machine from Tapehead came out in 98. Good rock and roll right there. So, things that I noticed this week. Well, the headline that caught my eye was... This week? This week. The headline that caught my eye, Artisanal Mail Store Getting Priced Out of Prospect Heights. Bummer. The, uh, uh, yeah. Brace yourself. Very soon you'll have to travel for your artisanal sriracha-flavored mayonnaise. <laughs> okay. I'm beside myself. Uh, the 300-square-foot Prospect Heights store that serves as a production facility for the mayonnaise company as well as a miniature market for its, wait for it, $8 bottles of specialty spreads. They're thinking about uh, moving. <laughs> I know. They're actually thinking about moving. Uh, it served its purpose. We were there for four years. They're looking for a larger facility and they're looking to expand to where are they looking to go to either crown heights or long island city now for long island city fabulous i got friends right near there crown heights yeah the lubovitch and hasidim are going to uh they're really going to be you know they're going to be loving that mayonnaise can be kosher by the way but just just it better be it just you you can't uh you know uh put it mix it with the cheese because it's a it's and it's an egg-based product so your fleshic and the milk, you can't... Well, the problem you know, is really putting it on a ham sandwich, I think. Well, <laughs> yes. Unless, of course, it's kosher ham. You know, they got those engin- uh, genetically engineered pigs with the uncloven hooves. Uncloven hooves? hooves? Yes. Uh, yeah. Leviticus 7, 8. Uh, seriously. Actually, no, Leviticus 7... That'd be, I think it's Leviticus chapter 7. I, I, I would like, a, I would like a ruling on that. If we genetically engineer a pig to have uncloven hooves, can no, I have The touching bacon? of it is unclean. In any right. event, I just thought it's funny... The thing that, that cracks me up is just that there's artisanal mayo. Artisanal. It's artisanal. Uh, what else happened? Well, 
Here's one that you and I, we, we were just talking about this, and we, we don't get it. As you said, there, there were Jews that, that, that fought for the Nazis. Yeah, the Sonder there Jews. Were, there, were there were Indian in- scouts, right. right? Peasants that, that, that were on the side of the aristocracy during the French Revolution. Uh, exactly. You know, there were Americans that fought on the side of the British. Yes. That, you know, like uh, Absolutely. Ben, ben there, Franklin's son. people who think they can pick the winner. Jonathan Franklin. Basically, they're is, all the historical is, is versions that, of the modern that's, day Chris Christie. That's at least Christie. an explanation. But, it's, it's Chris uh, Christie. That's what yeah. Chris Christie is. Sellouts. Completely. So here's the headline. Drummer defends Stanford student convicted in rape case. Her band pays a price. Yeah. I would imagine they did. Apparently, uh, there's this band called Good English. They're from uh, Oakwood, Ohio. It's Three Sisters and another guy. It's Garage Rock, which I love. Um, And one of them, the uh, drummer, is a chick named Leslie Rasmussen. And she wrote a pre-sentencing letter to the judge. And... uh, Basically, you know, she said in her letter, she described the student Brock Allen Turner as a childhood friend and an elementary school classmate and defended him. Now, he was caught raping a drunk girl. I don't know how you defend that. Here's what happened, though. In rapid succession, good English has been dropped from several Brooklyn venues. Brooklyn in the house, good English not so much. (laughs) Okay. Um, they were also kicked out of the Northside Festival, a week-long festival. The guy said, uh, the guy who runs Northside Media, runs the Northside Music Festival, said, when people choose to defend something, then I think they should be held accountable for it. And uh, after Mr. Turner's sentencing last week, Mr. Stedman found himself moved to tears um, when he read you know, the, uh, the letter from the the gal that was raped by this piece of shit. And um, so he kicked these people off the tour. How's an average person who was really upset and troubled about the Brock story, how does somebody participate in that, making right of a wrong, Mr. Stedman said? We're really just one tiny infinitesimal part of the puzzle, but I think it was a no-brainer for us to kick them off the tour. Okay? I couldn't agree more. In her letter, Ms. Rasmussen, 20, said that there was a distinction between rape and Mr. Turner's case, and suggested that alcohol was to blame for his actions. I'm yeah, I'm sorry because I was drunk, or I'm sorry because she was drunk. She doesn't make that delineation, obviously. You know, Mr. Turner, twenty, a swimmer, blah 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 blah, raped a chick, blah 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 blah. This girl, uh, Rasmussen. Let's get her name right because this is a name we should all be paying attention to now. What is her name? Leslie Rasmussen. Leslie. Rasmussen said, and I quote, I don't think it's fair to base the fate of the next 10 plus years of his life on the decision of a girl who doesn't remember anything but the amount she drank to press charges against him. But where do we draw the line and stop worrying about being politically correct every second of the day and see that rape on campus isn't always because people are rapists? Okay, here's the thing. First things first. Well, first things first. You know, I'm still trying to process the mayo. You're still trying? Yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that mayonnaise. Okay, here's the thing. Listen <laughs> and, to that and, sentence, and now you hit me with this. Listen to the sentence, okay? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. To see yeah. that rape, rape on mm. campus isn't always because people are rapists. No, it's always because they are. <sighs> if they are raping somebody, they are defined and categorized as a rapist. It, End of discussion. Uh, 
That's it. I, I just, I don't know how to pronounce How The sentence itself is yeah, all you need to I, know about this stupid fucking bitch. A joke with no punchline. Yeah, yeah. How do you uh, how do How self-hating can you be also? Exactly. You know, this is another one of those things. I'm sure she'd think that. She's probably one of those people like, well, I've never gotten that drunk. Yeah, that's you. I feel like, you know, maybe... Wouldn't you, you know, like... I don't want to wish rape on anyone, but... But... But, but people, like, if... if, if yeah, I can't I even woman, go that if, far. If I, I were a woman, if I, I were a woman and I made statements like that, how could I not feel like I'm kind of inviting everyone to rape me because I don't have a problem with it? Well, apparently, I'm going to rape her verbally woman, because I, I, I don't. You know what? That's okay. A, that's one of I those. Have, you have a picture of her because you know that's one of those. She seems to be cool with rape. Yeah. Well, I know. You know, I don't think she's cool with rape. I don't think she knows what it is. I don't know. I don't think, I think she knows what it is. To, I, if I can get a couple drinks in her, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like that joke. You know, what's the what's the difference between <laughs> two roofies? That's my limit. What's the difference between rape and rape and a sandwich? Would you like to get at lunch tomorrow? <laughs> right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I, that's my line for her. Okay. Well, in any event, Leslie Rasmussen, and the name of the band is Good English. Is that the name of the band? Good yeah, English. Yes. You said so. There's something, there's some music that you should definitely try and steal off the internet. <laughs> okay. okay. That's how I've decided to punish her. I want to get all of her music and not spend a goddamn penny on it. That's what she gets. That's what she gets from me. So, there you go. Leslie Rasmus. So what else went on? Well, here's one. Uh, this headline, Puff Puff Pass, Microsoft scores first big pot deal. The collaboration involves a company called uh, Kind Financial, which is a Los Angeles-based startup company that makes technology and tools for marijuana-related businesses to navigate the myriad of rules and regulations in states across the country that allow the sale of marijuana. Uh, they sell uh, AgriSoft seed-to-sale software. Basically, it's uh, a way of tracking Everything from the moment it's grown to the moment it's sold to the consumer. Bill Gates said in 2014 interview that he voted yes on the legalization of marijuana in his home state of Washington. Quote, it's an experiment, and it's probably good to have a couple of states try it out before you make it to national policy, he said at the time. Very well stated. I couldn't agree with him more. Bill Maher wants a blanket. Legalize it nationally now. Right. Wrong. 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 I've stated why it's wrong. I can state why it's wrong again, and I'm sure I will. He's wrong. Bill Gates is right. That's why Bill Gates is the richest man in the world, and Bill Maher is not. Yeah, on the other hand, he's rich enough to give a million bucks to Barack Obama, so God bless him for that. Okay, here we go. Here's another one. Uh, University of Louisville's president steps down. Kentucky governor seeks to upend its board. This is the guy, Matt Bevin. The uh, the guy that had the uh, thing that were, you know the uh, I can't remember what the name of the law was, but he just got elected in 2015 after a Democrat was in office. He's suing Planned Parenthood, mm. okay, and um, he's the one that had the kind. You know, you have to see the videos before you get a. a uh, uh yeah, I can't <laughs> remember what it's called, but an abortion. Yeah, no, but I can't remember what that that laws court called but there was a lady who said well if you want to do that then i think that every guy who buys viagra should have to swear on a bible that he's going to be using it only for his wife only with his wife right okay it's the same governor what this guy did is 
He said, and I quote, I don't think swearing is good enough for me, by the way. I would like some verification, pictures, video. Absolutely. Of the, of the sex that he's having with that condom. Well, that's the when old. I see him putting the condom on <laughs> and then having sex with his wife with the condom. And the Viagra. And, and the, right. I want to yeah. see him take the Viagra yeah. to get the stiffy. Yeah. And, and, right. So uh, Bevin said, Governor Bevin said, taxpayers should not subsidize. Basically what he's doing now is you have to understand that the University of Louisville is a state-run institution. They have a 20-member board. Okay. And which is the same way it is with all. Do you know that the highest paid state employee in almost every state? Do you know who it is? It's the football coach of, the, of whoever the largest college is. Okay. The football coach or basketball coach of the state college is usually the highest paid state employee in a state. Mm-hmm. Pick a state. Yeah. Pick right. any state. No, no, I saw Six the chart. million dollars. I saw the chart. Yeah, it's insane. Nice statement there. So apparently the. Uh, guy who was uh, running University of Louisville and their board were not very good. They uh, these guys did a whole bunch of stuff you're not supposed to do, and there's all kinds of investigations. So Matt Bevin uh, decided to you know get rid of them all. He just surreptitiously got rid of them all and replaced them with three members of his own choosing. He said taxpayers should not subsidize French literature majors to the same extent as students in science and technology. Now, the state's attorney general, who's a Democrat, a guy named Andy Bashir, said in a written statement that his office was closely reviewing the governor's unprecedented actions to dissolve the board, which, quote, lawmakers mandated should be independent. The board's supposed to be independent. Um, basically, disbanding the entire board would undermine the staggering of the trustees' terms, which is meant to reduce the governor's political influence. In other words, members of the board are given terms that are the same length, but they're put in at different times so that no governor can put in more than three or four of a 20-person board. Okay. So it reduces the governor's influence over the board of directors of this college. Fortunately, these guys apparently were, you know, criminals. <laughs> what? They were engaging in uh, corruption and stealing money. You know, it's mm. whatever all these people do. These guys just happen to get caught. I see. Yeah. Um. So Bevan, in his infinite wisdom, said, great, I'm firing you all. Okay. Literally. The, and the, the best thing is, is the president of the college uh, went on a trip out of the country. Prior to going on a trip out of the country, wrote a letter resigning, but didn't turn it in until he had been gone for a week. <laughs> he, was, he was already like 7,000 miles away from Louisville. <laughs> and he got like, so governor got the letter and said, well, you're you're quitting. Great. I'm going to fire the whole goddamn board. And he got rid of them all. Fired them all. Fired them. Why? Because they don't care about education. What is it with states with starting the letter K? Kentucky, Kansas. I don't know. They're all in special. Uh, you know what? Yeah. And um, I, I'm glad I don't live in Kansas. I mean, it's bad enough. <clears throat> we have our own issues here in Florida. No doubt. Uh, but uh, at least, the, and our and our schools suck. We, you know, no question about it. Look, but, I did this entire thing about the, the uh, recidivism of teachers mm-hmm. in this state. <clears throat> I mm-hmm. talked about that several shows ago about how we have the highest rate of recidivism for grade school and high school teachers of any state in the union. Right here in Florida, they're 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 leaving in droves. We're we're literally going to be we're going to have a teacher shortage. All right, let's get this out of the way, Orlando. I I made one statement. Uh, I've said a bunch of things about it, but the only thing that I could think of was that every time, first of all, what's really sad is that when I say, well, every time something like this happens, 
Well, that's, first of all, that's sad because when I make that statement, the implication is that it happens mm-hmm. all the time. And unfortunately, it does. And what ends up happening every time right after it is that Democrats and Republicans go to their corners. They get mm-hmm. worked on. They get water splashed <clears throat> on their face. The cut man fixes them all up. And they, yeah. get, they put their gloves and They get ready to go to the center of the ring and duke it out again. Republican Democrats every time mm-hmm. go immediately to blaming guns. Right. And Republicans every time immediately go to blaming everything but guns. Right. You had well, talk to me, I, baby. We, talk to well, because uh, you know, and and I get I'm I'm left of center on on most issues, and this is one where where I argue with my uh, my fellow liberals, uh, you know, because uh, you know I, I think that there's a lot of emotion involved. There is in this issue when you here. shoot a hundred people. People get when emotional. I'm, I'm accustomed. I'm accustomed to the people on the left being the pragmatic people, the yes. people that look at science, statistics, and numbers, and that is the the logic and the and the mentality behind most of their policies. Most of their policies with regards to why we want to fund Planned Parenthood, but that that makes perfect sense because an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and and helping p- low income people. Uh, have a manageable sized family is a, is a good idea. Yes, a- and and it is the the cheapest way to address the the low income population situation. That's an example of the kind of pragmatism that lured me from the right to the left and convinced me that the people on the left are the pragmatic are the pragmatic people. But, but there's something going on here that I believe that the that the that the Democrats are are using the the gun issue as a way. To throw elections on purpose because they know that the people on the other side, the single issue voters, since you, that you mentioned before right, the single, show, did, yeah, <clears throat> that the single issue voters will sit on their fat asses unless somebody presses that button and activates it and says they're coming for your guns, and then they all get up and go vote to make sure that nobody comes for their guns. And the people on the left know that, know that, and they know that if I open up my mouth right now about the gun thing, I'm going to lose this election because all the people on the other side are going to rally. To try to stop me, I really wish that the people on the left would shut the fuck up about the guns for a, a, give just just acquiesce, just admit that you are doing yourself as a party more harm than good by pursuing this what is perceived by the other side as a prohibition thing, and the people on the left understand that prohibition, like prohibition of alcohol or back, anything, backfires or anything backfires. The prohibition, the war on drugs backfires yes and if you create a prohibition policy with regards to guns just because you don't feel that you're entitled to a gun okay i feel i'm entitled to a joint and and people pass laws that say i can't smoke a joint i'm gonna do it anyway and i'm gonna be militant about it well when someone is militant about guns the other side they got guns they're militant about it so it's 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 like a third rail it's a political third rail and i really the people on the left could accomplish so much and win so many more elections if they would just acknowledge that this in America is perhaps not a lost cause, but a cause that needs to be revisited later when we mature a little bit. And we can address the reasons that these people have a death grip on their guns. We can address the cause of that and the reason without gun legislation without gun legislation all right so my answer to that my what i plan to do and this is this is going to be great because i love to make love making republicans heads explode i'm starting what's called what i'm going to call the gun fund which is a charity 
low-income people, inner-city people, they, they, they are surrounded by crime and criminals. And based on Republican logic, the best way to, to defend yourselves when the police are inadequate is, of course, to have a gun. And there are people, low-income people, that can't afford guns. Guns are not cheap. A good gun is not cheap. So here at the Gun Fund, we are going to, as a charity, to help arm low-income low people. We're going to arm because they can't afford. They but not black and, people. And not of do course, it black people. Of course, black people. You'll never get that shit. <clears throat> of course, black. Ruined it right there. Play along. All right. I'm, uh, this okay, is for the Republicans. Okay, okay. What pretend? Channel a Republican. Pretend that you're a Republican. I'm starting a gun fund to put guns into the hands of black people. Well, you know because you be want. For that? Well, you know going to be for that. And, Arms manufacturers. And, and of course, and and of course, now now we realize how important it is for LGBTQ people to be armed. Oh, please. Therefore, I, I believe that uh, open, just, in Florida, really, open carry. Gun. Can, I get, every, can I get a rainbow absolutely, gun, Absolutely. With pearl I'm grip, bad. pearl grip, wink. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I'll be here all night. <laughs> um, it, listen, obviously, members of the alternative lifestyle community need to be armed, and that, and that gun needs to be clearly visible. Open carry. Let's support open carry laws, and the gun fund will also help uh, arm like hippies that live on communes and gay people. The who who are they going to come? The gun nuts, the Tim McVeighs of the world. Who are they going to come for? They're going to come for these hippies. Obviously, the gun nuts are going to come for the gay people. Gay people need to have their own AR-15 painted up rainbow colors. Open carry it to the club. Should on your back. Gang of War <laughs> Armor Light <laughs> Rifle. That's the song I should have put in. YMCA. I got my AR-15 on my back. Okay? Open carry. All right. All right. There. All that's right. it. Just meet it head on. Just meet it head on. Watch the Republicans' heads explode. That's my answer to everything. Just like, let's even the playing field. Everybody arm up. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way on this one, and here's my logic. You know, when a fifth grade, you know, when a, when a, a first grader mm. or a five-year-old mm. in kindergarten and they're all, everybody's out in the playground, and he picks up a rock, and he throws it at some other kid. The teacher doesn't go and give rocks mm. to all the other yeah. kids. No, I know. He tries to teach the kids. heard them all. Why not to do it? Here's right. my thing on this. But we do teach nonviolent, and the issue isn't that there are sticks in the playground. No, the issue is that there's, there's always going to be one sticks kid who's going to play They're going to pick rock. up his rock or a stick or use a pencil. Right. Okay. You know what? Uh, Graham, Senator Graham said that... Uh, you know, they're making this about guns. It's not. It's about terrorism. Okay, first things first. It's about both, dickhead. What? Whatever. It's, it's not a single issue. It's There are many issues here. I just wish... What, we got to slap a label on it? Yeah, why? Yeah, the, the guy was fucked up all kinds of ways. Five ways from Sunday. Yeah. I really don't know what to say about this. I mean, there's already all the... You know, the minute this happens, the right-wing meme gets just... Goes into mm. full... I know. Goes overdrive. They go past 50. I don't know what gear they're in, but I don't have one on my car. Okay? It's yeah. above overdrive because every meme in the world has been played. You know, there's so many of us. If, if, if we were a problem, you'd have heard about it. Well, we did. Family. Yeah, you know, fuckers. I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I really don't know. I understand freedom and choice and legal gun ownership. We, we have a unique I situation in this we country. Can get it, you know, here's my thing. I think that what we really need is get rid of all the... If you purchase a gun and you're a legal citizen, you have the right mm -hmm. to purchase a gun, it should be purchased from a licensed 
gun, you know, seller at a store, and you should have to do a background check, okay? Mm-hmm. Do your thing, your your background check, and then and then and that this is the important part. It must be registered, and here's why. Okay. Because every time I oh, hear, I, I don't disagree with any of this. You here's understand? I'm, because I'm, every time I hear Bill O'Reilly. Talk about, you know, Chicago's got the toughest gun laws in America, and they got, you know, there were 36. This is what all my friends say. Okay, first of all, anybody who says that, you're a fucking idiot. Mm. Fuck yeah, you. Because the guns aren't made there, and they weren't originally sold there. They're being sold there by straw purchasers yeah. illegally. Now, if they had to register that gun under their name, and then they sell that gun illegally in Chicago, and it gets used, they can track that gun back to the seller and put him Right. In prison. That's what I want. That's all I want. That's it. I just want that simple step so that the people who are illegally profiting on the mm-hmm. blood of inner city teenagers and family, you know, communities alike where the where people go and use guns to blow people's heads off, you know, decent hardworking folk that don't feel like they want to have a gun in their house. Okay? The guy the the I saw the uh guy who was the chief of staff okay for um the guy who was running the state department during the bush years and he said i don't think you need to have a gun at home i put him he's like the only time i ever needed a gun is when i was in combat guy's a colonel mm-hmm. okay he's like I'm, I'm 70 years old nobody's ever come into my house yeah. looking to gun me down but that's okay not, maybe he's lucky. that's not relevant to the people that, that let's not, call them the well, second that's Amendment the problem people. it's not relevant. <clears throat> okay but you know what Everybody agrees that we don't want guns in the hands of criminals. Okay. We, we all, all agree. We all agree. We all agree. Right. Great. How do we stop that? Well, the only way criminals these, can buy guns generally. The, these measures that you're discussing actually have a chance of passing. No, they yeah, don't they, because they, the House ev- of Representatives eventually. never fucking pass. Now, these, not, not under the current atmosphere. No. But, but. You get the right people. See, this is it. If you just stop talking about it, you'll get into office. Well, once, you get into later office on, once you get into office, then you A little can, later on. Uh, in the show today, we're going to be talking about how Republicans do what they do with the guns, mm-hmm. how they do it with everything. I have no, an yeah. absolute yeah. perfect example of what they're about to do. They just started. It just started. I get the perfect example for it. But you know what? We're going to keep the group going with a yeah. song that you. Yeah. yeah. I'm we, surprised we to see this. this on the list I today. know. And I, you know what? I always liked this song. I got it when it first came out. And. It was interesting because of what I told you. It's Eben Ozen doing AEIOU and sometimes why it's from Fielding Cavalier, which came out in 84. And this, the original song actually was recorded in 81 or 82. And it has the uh, distinction of being the first commercial single ever recorded entirely on a computer, as was the entire album, which came out in 84. The single came out, I think, in 81 or 82. And the album came out in 84. And, of course, the part I like is the opening part where it says, so I see this chick, she's having a cappuccino across the street from Lincoln Center. Hey, I'm pretty sure that wherever she was having a cappuccino, I've had at least 50 of them because I grew up across the street from Lincoln Center. Like, I could lean out of my window, and there it was. That's where I used to – I used to actually take my skateboard. I had a Fiberflex with Trucker Tracks and OJ Super Juice 60, Mm -hmm. 60 wheels. And I used to skateboard. That was where I could – that was the one place that I could skateboard that was flat because if I went into Central Park, they had the hills, and I wasn't good enough at the time when I got my first Fiberflex board. Oh. So I used to go to um, Lincoln Center, and I would skate behind Avery Fisher Hall until the guards would kick me out. 
So, in any event, we keep the groove going. It's Eben Ozen on the Groovathon on SoulFlowRadio.com. <laughs> She rang me up and she says, hey, you want to go out? Do I want to go out?
but the times demand a band like Prophets of Rage to rise. Well, our nation and the world is on the brink of in absolute ins electoral insanity at home, environmental insanity around the globe. There's no music that speaks to what's going on right now. Nothing with substance. Right, what, is, what is the State of the Union? Martin Luther King famously said, there's no hotter place in hell than for people who remain neutral in times of moral conflict. This is a time of moral conflict. And so we are escaping the hot pit of hell by bringing some rock and roll hip-hop fury.
matter? Something got you down all of a sudden? Well, I never knew a problem a little Chuck Berry couldn't solve. Broken. Well, maybe I can fix it. Life's too short to go without music. Why don't you try laying on hands? Gee, I wish I could, ma'am, because I know how Jesus loves to rock. In the heat of the day down in Mobile, Alabama, working on the railroad with a steel driving hammer. I gotta get some money, buy some brand new shoes, try to find somebody to take away these blues.
shit up. Fear, baby. Foreign policy from one of my all-time favorite records. Fear. The record. That came out when I was in high school, man. That's, that's part of the best job interview I ever had. I talked about this, my uh, job interview for Tower Records. Kenny Altman sat me down after I filled in my uh, my application. <laughs> and he goes, I, he looks over the whole thing. He goes, all right, give me, an, I want you to name two records that you have in your collection that are completely different from each other that you really, really like. And I went, Andres Volenweider, White Winds, Fear, the record. He goes, great, come in tomorrow at 3 o'clock for your orientation. I was out the door. <laughs> Best job interview I ever had. That album is so good. Okay, there's a, there's some great songs on that. Uh, you know, listen. There's too many of us. There's too many of us. There's too many. There's, let's start a war. We can start it in New Jersey. <laughs> let's start a war. We jack up the Dow Jones. Uh, also, New York's all right if you like saxophones. Um, the one that I used to like during during uh, you know right before finals in college, they had something called Primal Scream. You know, it was like the last day of studying, you know, before finals started. Everybody would lean out their windows and just start shrieking at the top of their lungs. So, of course, my choice was to play, I don't care about you, fuck you, <laughs> by fear. Just a great album. Before that, yeah, I am the master of Segway, a song we both Indeed. love. We love it. Yes. We can't help ourselves. No. We're weak. It's like I'm candy. Weak. It is. It is like candy. It's like those little candy coin things. They're basically flavored sugar, and you can't stop. Okay. The Cover Girls, Show Me, which is their first chart topper. That was uh, 87-ish, somewhere right. in there. All right. Now, they had a few of them. They were one of those bands that got put together I still together get a regular dose of executive. it at the roller rink. Oh, yeah. yeah they're still the playing that? Oh, we love it. Uh, yeah. On uh, on Thursday nights, on a Flashback Thursday. On Flashback Thursday. Yeah. Before that, yeah, the man, Chuck Berry, Let It Rock. I played two Chuck Berry songs here. You want to know why? He's fucking Chuck Berry, man. Right. Okay. Two. He deserves it. Yeah. You played two. Tell you when I saw an interview with Steve Morris, one of the, you know, my personal favorite all-around guitar player. I think he's the best all-around guitar player living on the planet. Somebody was asking him, who was your, you know, what guitar players influenced you when you were growing up? Who you were? He's like, well, you know, I not, you know, I'm not really sure. There were a lot of, somebody goes, well, he, guy goes, well, you know, who is he? he goes, well, Chuck Berry. And I was like, I love you, I worship you now more than fucking ever, man. So before that, yeah, a little bit from the uh, church of Steve Martin because we know how Jesus loves to rock. So that is from a great film. If you've never seen it, Leap of Faith, which is a uh, it really it's, it's a it's a really good movie, and there's some poignant stuff that can be learned from it. Too. There's some interesting things about the difference between hucksters and reality. You know, it's, it's interesting that he points out when the guy goes, you know, you're not real. You're not real. He goes, it doesn't matter, man. You go to you go to New York and you want to see a Broadway show. You're going to pay out the yin-yang for it. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. But people come to this. They spend a few dollars and they feel better when they leave. And I was like, you know what? Okay. You kind of got me with that one. You're, you know, <laughs> you're spending less on the Broadway show. You're giving money. It gives you hope. Is it false hope? Probably. Uh, like but, church. Yeah, but it's hope nonetheless. It's hope nonetheless. Before that, yeah, more Chuck Berry, sweet little rock and roller, baby. Before that, the actual band, Prophets of Rage. When I had heard about this new supergroup, which is, you know, uh, it's Rage Against the Machine, Sons Zach de la Roca, but with uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy and somebody else as well. Um, they're doing that. So that is Prophets of Rage. 
Hang a Clan from their album uh, No More Patience, which came out in 1995. Um, it was founded by a guy named Ewol, E-W-O-L, and I swear to God, a place called K-Town in Germany. It's Kaiserslautern. Germany, yeah, yes, German. I know. Anything a vacation destination, yeah. if ever there was one. <clears throat> Kaiserslautern. <laughs> but uh, that's the band that came out originally, Prophets of Rage, and that song is called Hang the Clan, as poignant today as it was when they originally recorded it. So there you go. Before that, Tom Morello tells you about the state of the world. The, the reason I put that in there is because when I first was trying to listen to uh, uh, Prophets of Rage... Are you giving me a signal? No, no, okay. my nose itches for oh, absolutely like, no, no what reason. Do I have a booger hanging out of my... No, I think I do. I, <laughs> I sorry, I'm looking at you, and no, you don't. So you're fine. But I have a friend of mine, Tom Morello's neighbor. Okay? okay. And he was like, you know, he's not really you know, preaching what he... He's not really practicing what he preaches. But even worse than that, he won't trim his goddamn eucalyptus trees, and they put shade over my swimming pool, which I thought was funny. So a friend of mine, we have the exact same birthday. I've known this guy since the early 90s. We met out in Phoenix and everything. So shout out to my friend. He knows who he is. And uh, kicking off the set. We love it. Even though Oh, yeah. I went 80s on you. I went 80s on you. Why? I'm not going to complain. I know you're not. You've got... Old geezer. How many many fucking thumb drives full of that shit you got? Uh, Just uh, just one big fat one. Right. A terabyte. (laughs) One full terabyte. Terabyte and a half. I got... uh, It's pretty inclusive. My my (laughs) 80s collection, sure. All right, so what else is going on? Uh, well, corporate sponsors pulling out of the GOP convention. Hey, what if we do a party and nobody with money showed up? <sighs> I this It's a wonderful, interesting time. I'm really sad about what's going on with the Bernie thing, I have, although I haven't given up uh, Give up. Uh, hope. I mean, yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm very I'm, I'm very hoping that he that, goes but... there, recognizes how important it is that Hillary winds up winning, and at the same time... Stands his ground so that a lot of what he's been talking about gets put into the Democratic sad. platform. I'm very sad. On the other hand, I'm just so delighted about what's going on with the Republicans right now. I, I, really, to, I really think I'm that, that Donald Trump's a plan. I'm kind of he's got to be a plan. I'm appreciating Donald Trump right now. He's a bull in a china shop. And, and uh, you know, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah. Well, and as the, I <clears> – you you know, you, you gave me the compliment of saying that, that I pointed out something. That the thing that you wrote on right, Facebook. Yeah. Yes, I said it was that, actually – th- it was so good I thought you'd stolen it. No. It's uh, – I swear to God. Thank you very much. That is – yeah. if, if I put something on Facebook that I didn't write, I put it in quotation marks. Okay. Otherwise, you may assume <clears throat> that I wrote it. And I pointed out that I said, you know, the, all you need to know about the state of American politics is that our political conventions – are sponsored by big American corporations. Yeah. And all you need to know about Donald Trump is that they're not going to, they won't do it for him. Right. They will do it for you know, anybody. I, I'm These so glad Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo world. was one of the, one of the ones that, uh, that pulled they out. They all pulled and out. They're, and they're my bank. And, and I'm glad because Wells Fargo also did that. Remember that commercial that they did with the, uh, the deaf lesbians? Oh, yeah. They got everybody all freaked out. So Wells Fargo, for the, for a big evil bank that they are, yes. they got some good, uh, stances. No, it's, uh, see, that's the whole thing. They don't have a good stance. What they recognized was that that was a, that was a money making, sure. Group okay. Of people that Good. They well, that, that's that. that's that's a sensible thing. Absolutely. At least they're not saying "go fuck you." We're willing to give up the money because we hate you so much. So right. I will go with that. Here's an interesting headline I read: Republicans consider conscientious objection rule for convention delegates. Check this one out. This one, this I think it's interesting because you know conscientious objection goes back to 
well, it goes back very far, but sure. the most recent big, memory big of, of the Vietnam yeah. War. Right. We were talking about Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. Right. There we go. Under the proposal, delegates could be granted conscientious objector status, thereby freeing them from their pledge. From their to, shackles. Right, from their shackles. <laughs> from their pledge to vote as they are bound as a result of primaries and caucuses. The measure, first put forward by a Colorado delegate, Kendall Unruh, never heard of him, would undo the strict, quote, faithless delegate rule enacted by the GOP convention in 2012 and allow a, quote, vote of conscience, whether personal or religious, by delegates. Basically, in 2012, people wanted to stray. They wanted to put in somebody else because nobody really liked Romney. He was just so bland they couldn't Mm -hmm. deal with him. And so, and they had to literally enact a rule that I, I said. I still don't know why they didn't like him. He seemed so perfect for them. Oh yeah, Romney. absolutely. Was it the Mormon thing? He was starched. The guy was starched I, when he was alive. Didn't they like that? I don't trust. Him. I mean, wasn't Ronnie? Uh, al- quote: Allowable personal reasons shall include the public disclo- disclosure of one or more grievous acts of personal conduct by a nominee candidate, including but not limited to. Criminally actionable acts, acts of moral turpitude, or extreme prejudice, and/or notorious public statements of support for positions that clearly oppose or contradict the policies embodied in the Republican Party's platform as established the National Convention. Now, of course, that leaves the door wide open for you know bigotry because that's part of their policy stance, isn't it? Sure. No. So, so you can still be a fucking, you could still it, be a it racist. Wasn't, it wasn't officially until now. Racism, yeah, okay. Racism by a candidate is not considered moral, you know, immoral, immoral turpitude to these <laughs> people. Not at all. No. Bigotry, not a good enough excuse. Yeah. Nearly all convention delegates are bound. Under the current rules, at least on the first ballot, by the results of primaries and caucuses in their states and territories, at minimum, the proposed amendment would free frustrated delegates from having to vote for Trump and in the extreme could deny Trump the 1,237 delegates required to win the nomination even on the first ballot. So you've got to love it when Republicans use a term heretofore coddled. By Democrats who didn't want to go and kill people that they had never met. I just, I, I, what are they going to do? This is some like real I world soap opera. I swear to God, I can't make it. I'm starting delicious. to make my popcorn now. It's delicious. I can't. There's no way you know, I can have I, enough it's, fun. You know, I'm, I'm so I'm sad. Video it's like I'm trying. Like this is my consolation for the Bernie thing not happening. Is watching you know, the Republicans is, is watching beat the, the shit out of each other? Yeah, their their party implode. Oh, I know it's great. This is like literally. I I figure it's so not that point, the Democrats have anything to brag about with Hillary. They well, that's the whole the thing. Two we look just look great compared to them statistically. You know, the, 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 uh, they both uh, have set records. Trump and Hillary, the the most uh, disliked presidential candidate yeah, in the history Trump. of second polling is Trump, is, and the second most is Hillary. Yeah, what a statement. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That the two candidates are the people that America likes the least. Yeah. Has Here's ever the liked the least. Here's the interesting thing about that is that that's going to be the case from now on. The reason is, is that every time, it doesn't matter who you nominate. It really doesn't. From now on, it's Oxygen. not. That is going, you're, you think that this is, this is as bad as it gets, but it's not. Every election is going to be like that. And that is because now everybody and their mother has a way to get their opinion out. So they are fomenting that hatred 
each and every one of us. We are now, we have at our fingertips so much hatred, you know, hurled at us from our devices, our computers, the Internet, TV, our phones, our tablets, Mm. or whatever, our I'd say newspaper, but, you know, whatever, the printed word. There you go. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's going like the dinosaur. Here's something else. I got good news. Okay. I've got good news. Lay it on. I come bearing gifts. Okay. Okay. Net neutrality ruling finally writes a terrible wrong. Without strong net neutrality rules, broadband providers could exercise intolerable levels of gatekeeper control over what users can do, see, and say online. The FCC rules just affirmed by the court prevent them from playing favorites or slowing down or even blocking particular websites and applications. Now, you have to understand how this all happened. In 2002, the FCC labeled the Internet. They classified cable modem service as a, quote, information service this was from the powell commission ruling and it was the and this was interesting it's a declaratory Mm. ruling and i'm not going to get into the legal minutiae behind that behind that wording but it's important they declared it okay and therefore there's a difference between an information service and a telecommunication service which is defined as a public utility and mm-hmm. what the Fourth Circuit in D.C. just said is they threw it out. They said, no, public utility. Okay. The Internet is a public utility and therefore should be used for good. There's a guy named Michael Copps and who was a commissioner on the FCC in 2002. And he said, I was a commissioner at the time and dissented as strenuously as I could. I warned... And this is him talking about the 2002 Powell Commission ruling that Mm -hmm. labeled as an information service. He said, I warned that the decision would hurt consumers, cripple regulators, and undermine the public interest. The Internet, I argued, is the greatest engine for economic opportunity and small d democracy since movable type. We should never have engaged in linguistic jumping jacks to find new ways for broadband broadband providers to overcharge and under deliver yet time and republicans and many democrats made excuses for their spineless deference to and their financial dependence on big cable and telecom Mm. these very much like our current legislators they are more concerned about keeping their jobs than doing their jobs What's best for the public interest is not nearly as important as what's best for their own personal mm. interest. They're yeah. like everybody else seeking to be, you know, to keep their job. Problem, of course, is that they made a decision to serve. Let's let's just yeah. Let's uh, get that uh, word out uh, there. Serve, uh-huh. okay? They are public servants, okay? Bring me my fucking dinner. Bitch, when I ring the bell. From your mouth to God's ears. Well, from my mouth to somebody's ears, I hope and pray. Forget forget God for the moment. I just like my from my lips to my congressman's ears. And then to his brain, and then to his finger when he has to push that thing to vote. As opposed to abstaining because he's too much of a fucking pussy. Yeah, seriously, man up, you guys. Come on. You chose to be public servants. Serve the public. In this case, it took a court. It took the the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is basically 
the most important court of appeals in the land. My brother just uh, gave a statement um, in, uh, at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. He was talking. Uh, in, he was basically talking in support of musicians and copyright and licensing laws and how to strengthen them so that people who write and record music get paid for that music as opposed to the people who broadcast it taking all the money, which is where we've been going now. Okay? Okay. Right? That's why, you know, on the one hand, we get all our music for free and these guys these guys have to tour in order to make a living. So great, I get to see them all. On the other hand, you know what? They're probably not going to be recording as much new shit anymore because they have to fucking be on tour all the time just to put food on their table. So I have to balance that one out. You know, there you go. I mean, I bought a lot, and I continue to. I continue to buy a lot of music, okay? The stuff that I download for free is all the stuff that I had anyway, you know? Yeah, I downloaded the entire Led Zeppelin catalog. The other We're doing day. them a service. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm playing the music, but yeah. I'm, I downloaded the entire Zeppelin catalog because, you know, I wanted to make sure that I had everything. In the right I'm way. telling. It's not like I didn't buy. Hope it doesn't get out. Yeah, but I had already bought every single album they had when they first came out anyway. They made their money. They got my dough. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel bad about downloading Goodfellas. I went and saw it and paid for it in the movie theater. You got your money. Right. You got it. Yeah. There you go, baby. So this is the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in D.C. is the most important appeals court, appellate court in the country. I mean, that's where half of the judges who get nominated to the Supreme Court are mm-hmm. are from the fourth. That's that's considered a, a stepping stone. You know, Harvard Law. OK. State appeal, state court, yeah, district attorney, state appellate court, appellate court. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, Supreme Court. That's usually how things work these days. <laughs> you know, that's how people get there. And we're going to be talking about how the uh, how the Republicans are going to be stoking fear about the Supreme Court in a little while. I've got an interesting thing about that coming up. But this is a good thing. And here's the question now. Of course, there's only one more thing that, you know, Comcast and their brethren can do at this point which is and i'm certain they will they'll appeal it to supreme court okay they're going to bring this Mm -hmm. to the supreme court and they're going to hope the supreme court decides that the america the business of america is business and this is not a public utility this is a business service offered to people fuck you pal go fuck yourself seriously fuck you the Internet's too important to let a yeah. couple of people decide. And what they were doing is they were slowing down. They were saying, "You, we choose you because mm-hmm. we like you, so your speeds will be faster. Or you're paying. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But if everybody, everybody's paying. Right. We're all paying. Mm-hmm. I'm paying. Why should my speed be slower than somebody, you know, some company? Okay. It, that, you know, if they you're can going only to temporarily pay more for control a T3 this, you know, it's, it's, it's like a liquid anymore. They're only going to be able to temporarily control it, despite their best efforts. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, and I'm really glad for the ruling. Look, it is. It's it's a it's a I, great thing. Just applaud. It, it is a great thing. I, I am. I'm, yeah, absolutely. But I don't. I I don't believe they're going to stop. The you know the evil powers that be. No, they're, they're, they're not going to stop them. But what they they are doing with stuff like this is they're really hamstringing their ability to fuck us entirely. Good. They're always going to fuck us a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's no way around that. They're big business and. We're not. Okay? Right. So I've settled into that. My goal is to not feel... My goal is for them to... You know, hey, 
at least a reach around. My, my, my goal is that uh, HBO now bribes uh, the internet company the way that Netflix has so I can get some smooth fucking streaming during Game of Thrones Far on out. HBO now without a fucking buffering. Right there. Do you get Netflix, Netflix, you know, because you heard about that. Netflix pays extra for, like, bandwidth on the major internet. I heard that it might be an urban myth or something like that. But Netflix is slick and smooth. They got it down. But HBO now, fucking buffering and error and reloading. Really? Yeah, get Bummer, your shit dude. together. They, they spun it out new. They got technical issues. Yeah, well, yeah that's a little news story there. Okay, you watch well, good. The Game you know, of Thrones. We're learning, we're learning, we're learning. Hey, guess what? I've always got more group. This is one of these cool little bands I discovered by accident. It's called Mr. Elevator and the Brain Hotel. It's a bunch, four guys out of L.A. No guitar in the band. It's uh, two keyboards. What do they bass, got? Okay. Two keyboards, bass, and a drum. And it's really kind of cool. Okay. It's got that uh, 60s psychedelic feel to it, but it's modern stuff. It's Mr. Elevator in the Brain Hotel doing Nico on the Groove on SoFloRadio.com.
I want to tell you a story about a man from New York City, a man named Thomas. Now, Thomas lived on Fifth Avenue, views of Central Park, even from the bathroom. Beautiful wife, two sweet kids. But his life was a mess. And you know why? Because of the fear. Afraid his business would fail. Afraid his children would fall victim to foul play. Afraid his hair would fall out and his wife would stop loving him. Afraid of death. But death's a breeze. You ever heard anyone coming back to complain? No. And Thomas was a prisoner of fear. Amen, preacher. So he got himself a lawyer for his Lord business, a guard for his babies, a $2,000 hairpiece, and a world-class doctor. But was Tom happy? No. No, you know. Because when Thomas finally came to me, he still had the fear. And the fear is bigger than lawyers and doctors. The fear is bigger than money or real estate. There's only one thing bigger than the fear, my friends. Only one thing. And that one thing is the faith. Faith that the universe will need his skills. Faith that this woman loves what's in his soul, not what's on his head. Faith that his children will be protected, not by a man with a 357 Magnum, but by the man with the 12-gauge supercharged grenade launcher of <laughs> And that man, brothers and sisters, that one man is one man, and one man only. That man is Funny people in the place. Embrace the base as I commence to pick up the pace and make it motivate and accelerate. Cause like Tony the Tiger, I'm great. You seem to come off hard for you somehow. I mean, me being whack, oh come, come now. That's quite ridiculous. So just admit you was thrilled. Cause on your face, it is suspicious. Not that you're on this, but my performance is rather exquisite. So what is it for supremacy? That's the perfect definition. But rappers keep wishing to be in my position. No good and damn well, they ain't no competition. I gotta give it to your kid, that's ambition. For you to perpetrate the role of me, the big daddy, the big father, nah, don't even bother. Cause that would mean you would have to teach each and every one idiotic son. Trying to make it, you can't fake it. The rhymes on my side are fully dressed and yours are butt naked. Your speech is weak, while mine stands strong, so oh hell, the man is here to live long. Now here. 
here's my rank. The original supreme being black man. Point blank, the cream to rise supreme. As those go below like the submarine. Reaching and teaching a lesson that I'm giving. Addressing and pressing the crowd for how we living. Fine and mind to decline is out of line. So part in this brother as I get mine. Just say I'm not. Don't even diss yourself. Cause at times I have to jump back and kiss myself. Long live the K, the A, the N, the E. I say the end will be a big movement. By the time I'm through, and that's coming from a black man's point of view. Oh, 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 
years. Okay, I played that about a year ago or something. That is right, awesome. a year ago. Listen to that. I know. I know. Can you believe it? I know. I Just played like that. that. I think I played that like last August or September or something like that. That's Bubbles Part One. There's also Part Two that's on uh, Tramp Records out of Germany. So uh, they they put out a 45 really only. I don't think they have a full album out. So they put that was part of a compilation of stuff. That Tramp Records put out the Boogoos from 2007. They're from Germany, like I said, you know, a while ago. There's some great, great, great funk, jazz kind of groovy ass shit coming out of Europe, and faithful to the uh, the James Brown P Funk average white band kind of that that those building blocks. Very they these guys listened to a lot of that and said. Well, we're not going to reinvent the fucking wheel. We just want to try and make a better one. Okay. So we're not right reinventing on. anything. Yeah. We just want to, we, you know, you got Michelin, good. We want to be Yokohama. No Excellent. Yeah. So that's great stuff. Before that, the master Big Daddy Kane, long live the Kane from, that is track one, side one from his first album, Long Live the Kane, came out in uh, 88, produced by Marley Marl. I love Big Daddy Kane. It's like the only rapper that Rakim from Eric B and Rakim, my you know, they're at the top of my list. Big Daddy Kane's the only guy that and this is a rumor that Rakim would not go heads up challenge on the mic with. All right. He would have done it with he did it literally, he took on all comers. Mm. Not Big Daddy Kane for some reason. How about that? And I'm pretty sure that reason is because Big Daddy Kane gets raw, R-A-W. A terrorist here to bring trouble to phony MCs and move on in any event. Big Daddy Kane, we love him here before that. Yep, a little more stuff from the Church of Steve Martin from Leap of Faith. Talking to you about that. 12-gauge supercharged power gun of love. I love that shit. Great movie. Before that, Lettuce. A very, uh, you know, band that I, I love. That song is called Chief. It's from their uh, most recent relief, release, Crush. And a drummer on that's a guy named Adam Deitch, one of my, like, this is one of the guys that's kind of moved up that list of drummers that I like. You know, opening the show today, the first song that I played right after that West Wing thing was uh, Buddy Rich's Big Band. Right. You know? And you and I had the conversation about, you know, the top drummers. Buddy Rich is number 15. How do you take that list seriously? Uh, yeah, I don't Yeah, just throw that shit right out. Kicking off the set, Mr. Elevator and the Brain Hotel, Nico. That is from their album, Nico and Her Psychedelic Subconscious. Those guys are out of L.A. Two keyboards, one bass, one drum, no guitar, lots of keyboards. It's on Burger Records. So, you know, anything with the word burger in it, I mean, I'd gladly pay you. I'd gladly pay you tomorrow for a burger today. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, here's how the uh, right-wing scare machine does what it does. There is a, uh, an article came out in the Washington Examiner citing unnamed sources. Mm. And they report that Thomas has been mulling an exit. He is mulling retirement after the presidential election, according to court watchers, court watchers. Okay. And according to the examiner, of course, he's a reliable conservative vote on the Supreme Court. This is a man who didn't say anything for 10 fucking years. Not Mm. one thing on that court for 10 years. Okay. Which is nothing 
compared to the guy who owns the uh, the Examiner. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, he's a oil bazillionaire. And the Washington Examiner was bought out by, <clears throat> I think it's Clarion, Clarion uh, Media Group. And literally the Washington Examiner is like owned by a company that's 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 owned by this oil company that's owned by this guy. Okay, this guy, the guy who owns the Washington Examiner, and hardcore conservative bullshit, you know, it was a rag. It was mm-hmm. basically okay. a, uh, they, it was basically, it was a tabloid, but it was local tabloid. What they did is they, they took over, they bought out like five, six different tabloids and turned it to the Washington Examiner, which is in and of itself, it's like a political tabloid at this point, is what it is. Okay, and the guy who owns it, he didn't give an interview, seriously. No bullshit. From the mid 1980s until 2015, did not give one public. This is the 35th. I think he's like, he's the 38th richest man in the world. Okay. Or excuse me, excuse me, in America, in America, in America, 38th richest man in America. Did not give an interview between 1985 and 2015. And the reason he gave the interview in 2015 is because. He was one of the founders of the NASL, the North American Soccer League, and he owns part of like a whole bunch of their teams. He's also a part owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, and this guy owns like a piece of all kinds of shit. He's just rich out the yin fucking yang. And he gave an interview regarding you know the 20th anniversary of the North American Soccer League. He had nothing to say about anything else. But the Washington Examiner, of course, citing unnamed sources, reports that Thomas has been mulling an exit for a while and, quote, Never planned to stay until he died. <laughs> Let that one sink in, boy. Sink down. <laughs> okay. By the way, they said. That's what it says. Blah, 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 blah. They said. They. Now, I'm not sure who they yeah, are. I, I know that. They are the yeah, unnamed they live, sources. They live they over are there. They're the court watchers. You know, <coughs> the guy from the yeah. place with the hair that said sure. that thing oh, at yeah. that time? I know, right. The one, yeah. that guy. The guy with there. the shoes. Yeah. So, according to the examiner, his retirement would have substantial impact on control of the court. The next president is expected to immediately replace the seat opened by the death of conservative Justice Anton Scalia. Okay, first things first. Should have been filled already, you fuck! Sorry, sorry. Providing a one-vote edge in the court that is currently divided four to four. Well, brilliant analysis right off the bat by the examiner. Well said. It's tied four to four, so when you put somebody else on there, somebody's going to have a one-vote advantage. My God, their math skills are superseded only by their grammatical skills or lack thereof. Because if you read the actual article, okay, this is the kind of thing that makes fucking E.B. White roll over in his grave at the thought that these people who are, you know, their Socratic wonder didn't take the time to read elements of style. You fuckers. Not only are you wrong, you can't write worth a damn. Okay, so bad and badder. 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 Okay. Should Thomas leave, they said, that slight majority would continue if Donald Trump becomes president. Okay, they already know this. They, yeah. they're, they're assured of this. Okay. If if it's Hillary Clinton, then she would get the chance to flip two Republican seats, giving the liberals a six to three majority. Okay. This hasn't hit big time yet, but it will. And here's why. This is how they do it. This is how they, 
the meme machine is going to get fucking fired the fuck up when this and this is how Fox does its news because Fox doesn't have to account for credibility of a story they report. All they have to say is, well, it's being reported by. We're not saying this. We're saying that somebody else said it. We just thought you should know. We just thought you should know that. We just thought we that you should know a bunch of bullshit that happens to fit our ideologically intransigent stance. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is how they do it. They're going to now, now that there's a seat open, warning, warning, eh, 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 eh. okay, danger Will Robinson of the Republicans, okay, because Clarence Thomas is now thinking about retiring. He hasn't said that. Mm-hmm. There's no quote, there is no name source, no person, no clerk, no nobody has actually come forward and said, yes, he, he was talking to me about that. I've heard him say it before. Yeah, he's really thinking about leaving. Nobody has said that. It's unnamed sources. It's court watchers. So it's complete bullshit. It's bullshit. Okay. Okay. But that's not going to stop Fox News and its minions of brain dead fucking withering dolts from embracing this as a way of firing up the base to get to the polls because, God forbid, Hillary Clinton should uh, you know be president i i i'm going to say right now why every republican should vote for hillary clinton okay you ready i got I'm, it i'm ready you're gonna love this one the one thing that i have in common with all of my hardcore conservative trumpers and trumpets is that we all want money out of politics that is the one thing we all actually agree on is that money mm-hmm. has bastardized politics to the point I don't, I don't think everybody agrees with that yeah but you know what the people that i know okay my friends okay that is the a big ones? theme their big theme is you know they're both bad but we hate hillary more so that's why they're voting for trump but their their feeling is is that money has infested it so they're going to vote for trump because he can't be bought that's their big he right. can't be bought okay first things first just so we're clear on this He's already been bought, paid for. That boy is walking the right. political hostro. That boy is walking yeah. the straw right now. He has been fucking put out on the straw, and he better fucking come back after about 15 of those $10 would throw blowjobs in the alley and give me some ducats. Otherwise, his convention's going to be blank. There's going to be nobody on the walls there it, it, other it, than the shit a, he spreads. It's a mutiny. But the reason they should vote for Hillary Clinton is because the Supreme Court is where if you want money out of politics, mm, right. the minute any legislation comes up, okay, right. the next thing that's going to happen is it's going to be somebody's going to put a lawsuit in. And where will it wind up? The Supreme Court. Sure. If the Supreme Court's conservative, they will go on the side of Citizens United. And yep. we don't want that anymore. <clears throat> nope. Nope. So yes. vote Democrat. Yep. Got and don't – yeah. And look, you <sighs> heard it here first. Yeah. Because I haven't seen it, but I guarantee this is going to get picked up. This will get picked up. This Clarence Thomas story, it's going to have legs any second now. The the convention's four weeks away for these bozos. Okay? Mm -hmm. You know, Cleveland, I I wrote last night, I said I I gave a 65 and pick them. The Cleveland would burn to the ground before Oakland did after the game last night. So I also parlayed my... uh, Three to one odds that uh, Steph, Steph Curry's wife would blame it on the refs. I parlayed that with a bet that Craig Elo 
um, would tweet that he wept uncontrollably once the Cavaliers won. I had that at seven to one, so it's a great parlay for me. I took the Vegas odds makers like that one. I was that one was paying off at like forty two to one on a parlay. So for all you all betting right. fans out there, not that, not that I think that's right. All right. But I kind of like to do that every once in a while. I like to parlay my bets properly. I also had the over-under on arrests at uh, at 50 for Cleveland but 100 for Oakland because, you know, they lost. So I figured they should be angrier. And that's where the game was. But as it turns out, it wasn't nearly as bad. You know what? In order for there to be some really good solid rioting, we need, we need a team from Canada to win. <laughs> you know? Actually, what you really need is the Montreal Canadiens to lose to, like, the Tampa Bay Light or the Phoenix Coyotes. That's that. Literally, they'd burn St. Catherine Street to the ground in about three hours. They literally they would be pouring six percent beers, Labatt's Blue and Bredore, down their gullets for like four or five hours. And then when the Canadians, les habitants, lose the cup, they're going to walk out on St. Catherine Street, and literally, it's going to look like Watts in '65. <laughs> Which is what I thought Cleveland would look like, but I guess I was wrong. I guess those guys have grown up a little bit, you know? Maybe a little. A little bit, you know? Now, now, the bad, now here's the interesting thing. I want to see what's going to happen. I know I've really kind of shifted gears from Clarence Thomas into Cleveland, but I want to we'll see. start with a C. Well, yeah, but there you go, That's baby. Somewhere. Cleveland rocks, baby. Hey, Ian Hunter, right on! <laughs> that song will keep states in that man's freezer for a few years, decades, centuries. <laughs> <laughs> in any event, that's how it starts, with a bullshit article like this in the Examiner. Mm-hmm. Okay? Washington Examiner. Bullshit. Because it got picked up by who? Breitbart. And that's all. It My favorite sign. Yeah. It got picked up by, or no, <laughs> pardon me, Newsmax. Yeah. Newsmax. Doesn't matter. They're all the same. Okay, it got picked up by them. It's only a matter of time before Fox News gets its claws into it and says, well, we're not saying this. We're just saying that other people are saying it. Now, that's how they create news now. They just find some ridiculous blogger and they call him up on the phone and go, hey, do me a favor, blog about this. And then they can say, hey, we're not saying it. This guy did. We're just letting you know what other people are saying. You know, a lot of other people are saying that you're a bunch of douchebags. I don't hear you reporting on that. (laughs) (laughs) No. Let me swing the pendulum the other way because it's time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. You know what that means. It is Precision Auto Works, and I discovered this week when I was over there because I stopped in to say hello to Dave because I wanted to check on something real quick. And he was like, oh, no, you're fine. Come in next week. We'll do the whole thing up. Great. That originally when I started doing the show, it was SASE certified. Well, SASE means self-addressed stamped envelopes. That's how much I know about cars. (laughs) Then I said it was SAE certified, and that actually is a certification. That is an automotive certification. <clears throat> yes. However, indeed. in this particular case, I got that one wrong too. Yeah. 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 Getting it wrong the whole time. It's ASE certified. ASE certified. ASE. Precision it. Auto Works. It's 954-247-9362. Bumper to bumper. If it has an internal co- – you know what? If it transports goods, products – or people from point A to point B. You take my skateboard then. And hey, please, go ahead. Yeah, you think check you out my think suspension this guy? System. You think this guy can't hook you up? You are so so mistaken. The guy can build, fix. He's fucking MacGyver, man. He is fucking. All right. 
bumper to bumper, an internal combustion engine. I don't care what it is. He's got you covered. It is truly the place where people who love their cars take their cars. Now, if you go to the SoFloRadio.com website and click on Tony C's Groovathon, where a better description <laughs> of the show has been written. George took care of that. Just couldn't stand me doing it. Anymore. You couldn't stand looking at it after a while any more than I could. Uh, you, well, you were right. Uh, and Mark I, Gallagher's June and 20th, I hate 2016. Yeah. And you know how much I hate that. I it tears did. me up inside. I so I had to uh, take care of that. You know? And you did. <laughs> and in there you will see a link for Precision Auto Works. They got a brand new place. Big, air-conditioned, great. Lots of space now. It's like twice as big as his old place. So he's got two huge lifts. Some cool. He's got a car in there right now. I don't even know how old this fucker is, but God, damn! Ooh, I don't. I don't know what he's going to be doing with it, but I can't wait to see this thing when it's finished because it's just got that classic. Like, it looks like the kind of thing gangsters drove in Chicago in the '30s. Nice, you know. It's got that look. I love that shit, man. I eat that, you know. It's like the pre-Chevy Nomads, the Nomads of the '50s. It's that same. Curved style, mm-hmm. but with a longer hood, shorter body, and older. So they didn't give a shit about, you know, the environment or stuff like that. And it was made before catalytic converters. Right on. Got another shout out here. People are listening live. I never yeah. thought anybody listened. Yeah, they do. But apparently they are. Jason from Key Information Solutions, man, cruising around plantation, solving all yes. of your computer problems. Is it? That's this it. is the guy. That's what he does. He's, he's this a computer is the guy. guy. Yeah. He's the man. Love sponsor. He is. There he is. So he's the man. If you're interested, key information solutions. Look right. him up. Guy's name is Jason. If you've got something that runs on it, if you've got something with like a uh, what is it, a hard drive, An- anything, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. whatever he's you don't basically understand. the David. He's basically the David Carey of computers. Uh, okay, I thought you were going to say the David Duke of computers. No, David Carey of computers. Okay, I don't know who that is. Dave Carey. He's the guy Precision Auto Works. Oh. Just like that. Hello! How quick they forget. How quick they forget. So I'm yeah. fired right away. So basically, <clears throat> apparently, Jason is the David Carey of computers. David Carey is the MacGyver of cars. Yeah, he's just fucking straight up MacGyver. You know what that means, though. Of course, it is time for the drive group. Yeah, baby. I got it. I got. I always got it. I had so much that I literally had overflow drive group, which I have put in for next week. I got a little liquid tension experiment for next week. So I've got, you know... Petrucci with with Mike Portnoy on uh, on drums. That's some awesome shit. I got lined up for now. I was gonna put it in here. I also had something else I was gonna put in here, but we made the game time decision. Yank that puppy out because you know what? Not shredding. All right, we love it though. We got it. Settle in. Strap yourselves in. It's red line time. We kick it off with Carmine Apathy's guitar Zeus featuring Ingve Malmsteen on the drive groove on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
I guess that's about how much time I have left. What do you think of that one? Just gonna use the force, are you? <laughs> well, I actually know the fucking song, pal. That's why I'm listening coincidence. To it. I'm like listening to it. And I'm going, hey man, you're not talking about the end or something. I just sitting here grooving on it. I was like, grooving. Yeah, I was so far into the groove that we missed our cue. But you know what? Welcome to live. I think when you listen back, it's still pretty uh, tight there. So Yeah, no, it's not so bad. Oh, that was Walter Trout. Tomorrow seems so far away. That's from his most recent album, Battle Scars, came out last year. This is a guy who played with John Lee Hooker and uh, Joe Tex and shit like that. He played for Cans Heat, ended up playing with John Mayall's Blues Breakers, and then he went out on his own. His name's Walter Trout, also on the Mascot label, so you want to be getting that. As a matter of fact, I got two guys from the Mascot label, Robin Ford's on here. Before that, Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs. I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to say about these guys that hasn't already been said in as much as they're the greatest ever. <laughs> I mean, them, there's like that shelf up there. I always talk about that top mm-hmm. shelf. Okay. Guys like Flat and Scruggs, Doc Watson, they're right up there next to the Johnny Walker Blue. That's it. They, they make that elite. That is uh, Flint Hill special from uh, Foggy Mountain Jamboree, which came out in 1957. There's, I've got at least... Three different versions of that. The that version, and there's a great version of that done by um, uh, Weisberg and Mandel on the Deliverance soundtrack. Um, they do a fantastic version of that. But Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs, man, yeah, there's that's just when you want bluegrass brilliance and purity, just buy any Flat Scruggs CD there is. Get just go out and get their greatest hits. There's a whole bunch of compilations. And the nice thing is when you get, like with the essential Doc Watson, a must-own, 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 okay? All the songs are only like two, two and a half minutes long. So you don't get a CD with 15 songs. You get a CD with 50 songs, okay? They're, they're comp- the Doc Watson double CD, 72 songs or something like that. <laughs> you know? No shortage, baby. So you get your money's worth. And with Flat and Scruggs, even if there was only one song, you would be getting your money's worth. Before that, Shredder Supreme, Robin Ford, Howling at the Moon. Okay. Uh, that is from uh, his most recent uh, CD, Into the Sun. And this is the guy that took over for uh, Larry Carlton um, with uh, Tom Scott's L.A. Express uh, back in the day. Larry Carlton, of course, one of the great guitar players. He went on to uh, – did a lot of studio. I saw him at the Blue Note in New York. He's actually great. Uh, see live his he played did a lot of solos with uh, uh, Steely Dan his Larry Carlton's solo from uh, uh, Kid Charlemagne was named one of the ten best crafted guitar solos in rock and roll history and by crafted they they knew what they meant because it's Steely Dan who probably recorded six different solos before they chose the one that they wanted knowing those guys and kicking it off. Screaming, baby. I got a ton of stuff from this particular double CD that I'm going to be playing in the coming weeks because there's so much great stuff. Carmine Apathy's Guitar Zeus. Uh, it's called Conquering Heroes. It's a two-CD set, and it's basically Carmine Apathy. If I have to tell you who he is, you know what? <laughs> You're an idiot. Um, you don't know rock and roll. If you don't know who Carmine Apathy is, you don't know rock and roll. And on this particular track, he's got Ingve Malmsteen. He's got, I've got stuff off this album with um, Robin Ford. Uh, Steve Morse does a killer tune called uh, Four Miles High. He's also got, uh, who else is on there that I just played? 
uh, I can't remember his name, but I just played somebody else on that. Just shredders out the yin yang on it. Carmine Apice's Guitar Zeus, and that was this time around with Ingve Malmsteen. I remember when Ingve was like the big swinging dick at a guitar yeah. world when Rising Force came out. <clears throat> I thought it was, you know, didn't not... he get all drunk and crazy or something? Yeah, well, you know what? The thing was, first things first, he's a pretentious, fairly pretentious guy. He's like, I want to thank Beethoven. Yeah, all right, whatever. Um... Okay, but when they recorded, you know, when they were doing all of these. Uh, albums like they did live aid then they had like metal aid and um he was one of the guys they brought in there and a couple of the other guys in the they they did it shot a documentary and they didn't put everything in it they couldn't and i saw a bunch of the outtakes a friend of mine worked for the company that had done the video shoot for uh for when they were in the studio making it you know they they film all this stuff like they did with live aid when they did with mm-hmm. you know uh, we are the world you know, and there's a scene where they're going over a part of the song, and there's three guys in there. You know, it's Randy Rowe. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Tony Iommi or Randy, but you know, whoever, whoever it is, one guy looks over and very quietly goes, "Hey, who's the Nordic guy over there who's never on time? You know, can't keep his timing <laughs> right." I was like, "You just couldn't, you know, because for him it was all off note, no <laughs> off note shit." So, hey, we're coming to the end of the show. One quick thing I wanted to uh, say. Uh, the last song I'm going to play is a song we all know and we all love. It is Flashlight by Parliament by P-Funk. One of the, I don't know, it's, it's an anthem. Yes. yes I, can I call it an funk anthem? Funk anthem. Can I, I can call yeah, it a funk you, anthem, yeah? I won't argue. For those of you who don't know who Bernie Worrell is, once again, I'm going to put that in a classification. Like, if you don't know who Carmine Apice is, and you don't, okay, if you don't know who Bernie Worrell is, shoot yourself. Seriously, just go out in the back, put a gun in your mouth, and blow your fucking head off. Because this man is responsible. For the soundtrack of half your life. I don't care who you are. You've been listening to this guy's music. Flashlight, he didn't just write it. He recorded He played every instrument on it except the drums. It wasn't, that wasn't Bootsy Collins on bass. <laughs> okay? Awesome. That wasn't Eddie Hazel on guitar. That's Bernie Worrell doing all the goddamn instruments right there. Okay? He has played with every bucket. He's got... I played some stuff by him with uh, Bernie's... Bucket of brains, blah, 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 <laughs> with Buckethead, Bernie Worrell, um, uh, Les Claypool, and Adam uh, Brains from uh, Primus. You know, he's in, he's in like a ton of bands, Bernie Worrell. He's played with tons and tons of people. Well, unfortunately, right now, uh, his wife recently posted to Facebook, his health has been deteriorating, mm. and she has now said... That he is on his way to the other side. It's it's that bad. And she's like, you know, they just had a, uh, you know, what I thought was really sad was that a man this great for this long needed a benefit concert to help raise money for his medical costs. Welcome to America. Yeah. A welcome to America. We can't take care of our troops. No. Nope. We can't take care of the people who literally have put smiles. We can't take care of the people that allow the people who put smiles on our faces to do what they do. Nope. They go out there and stand a post, mm-hmm. and they do so because they don't want anybody coming in and telling, telling Bernie he can't write and record what he wants. And then Bernie writes and records what he wants, and we all smile and dance and laugh and have a good time. Neither one of those, yeah, Bernie ain't covered. Troops ain't covered. And if they are, they ain't covered enough. And there was a benefit concert. And, you know, everybody shows up for that one. I mean, if, if you're in the industry, um, 
and they say, hey, Bernie Wells, you know, we need we need to raise money for Bernie Wells. Everybody came. They did it at Irving Plaza. It was like The Roots and Living Color and Bucket. Everybody showed up. Everybody showed up for this. Like, I saw the list of people that, like, showed up and didn't even get a chance to play. They just wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. They're like, we just, we just want to be part of this, you know, because it's in New York. And Bernie Wells lives on the West Coast. He lives out in, like, uh, Seattle, I think. I think he's mm-hmm. near Seattle someplace. And so they all did that. And it's a crying shame. It's a crying shame that we, as a nation, have made it so that the number one way for people to go bankrupt is to get sick. Yeah. And Bernie Worrell, um, I'm not going to go off on any more on that, but Bernie Worrell is, uh, is you know, not long for this world. And, you know, step back for a sec. You know, if you've heard of him, fabulous. Go and look him up and look up the music that he has created the music that he has been a part of and it is mind-boggling and i guarantee if you're listening to me you're gonna be looking through that and going oh my god i can't believe he's on that oh he did that oh man i love that i didn't know you're gonna say that over and over and over again forget about the p-funk stuff which is nearly impossible because if you forget about p-funk once again i'm gonna refer you (laughs) to rule a put a gun in your mouth and blow the back of your head off because P-Funk is the shit, pal. Make my funk the P-Funk, baby. That's the way I feel. In any event, I'm going to be closing out the show with a uh, with a funk anthem, with Flashlight, in honor of Bernie Worrell. Good show today, pal. I'm going to come back right in on. a couple of weeks. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the exact same thing again. So I'm going to try and do it just eh, a little bit better. As always, it's an attitude of gratitude here at the Groove Time. For myself and Gramps Master Flashlight. Thank you. Thank as always, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom.
Atop 1926 Hollywood Boulevard. You're listening to SoFloRadio.com.